AstraZeneca has been informed that it may have provided outdated data on the efficacy of its COVID-19 vaccine from a large-scale clinical trial in the United States. That statement came today from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in the States. In an early morning statement, the NIAID said it had been informed by the National Data and Safety Monitoring Board that it was concerned about the information AstraZeneca had provided. And yesterday, AstraZeneca announced that a large-scale Phase three study of 30,000 individuals in the U.S., Peru, and Chile had shown its COVID-19 vaccine was 79% effective in preventing symptomatic illness. And it also said the two-dose regimen proved to have 100% efficacy against hospitalization and death. Now, the concern over AstraZeneca's data is also the latest public misstep for the company's rollout of its vaccine, which has been played with confusion over data from past clinical trials, along with recent reports linking the shot to blood clots in Europe. To speak a little bit more about this, please to be joined by UBC adjunct infectious diseases professor, Dr. Horatio Bach. Dr. Bach, thanks for the time. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, thanks for coming back on the program. So I guess first and foremost, the question needs to be asked here is how concerned should people be when it comes to the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine? I mean, there seems to be a number of red flags coming out here in recent weeks and months. um, But nonetheless, we're still being recommended that it is safe for use here in Canada. So do you have any concern, I guess, when it comes to what we're seeing from AstraZeneca right now? No, and the reason is because there are so many people who are vaccinated around the world. So we are talking about, uh, I guess, about 17 to 20 million people in Europe, and including UK and other countries. So um, I'm not so concerned because all this data that, you know, published even from Scotland and from UK in the last month mentioned that the vaccine was very effective, even better performance compared to the Pfizer in population, let's say, over 65 years old. So I don't think it's a concern because if we expect a concern and you can tell me, okay, we see that there is a problem because, you know, 10,000 people from that 70 millions, they suffer these new symptoms or new disease or new something, that I would say, wow, that is a red flag. But I, I, we understand that recently was published all this information regarding of a, a blood clotting, and there were some cases. But you know, we have to put some time in, in, in context with the real situation because if you check the regular population, you have what we call the incidence, means how many people are affected with that specific disease per 1,000 people or 100,000. That's the way that we measure. And the numbers that we get, even if you go to the blood clotting, you are talking about 15 to 20 people in millions. So if you do basic math, you need to have hundreds of even thousands of people with the same symptoms to reach only the baseline that is natural in the population. So we are dealing with much, much smaller numbers here. And I, I don't think it's a concern because if, as I said, if we saw a, a something that is coming, you know, very consistent in different countries that they provide the vaccine, that will be the red flag. And even for the blood uh, clotting in you know, this country, they resume the vaccination because they found that there is no relation. So based on the sample size we're seeing, I guess you're, you're saying that 
it's too small of a number of people who are suffering blood clots compared to the total number of population that has actually received the AstraZeneca vaccine that it's probably more coincidental or maybe they already had a risk of blood clotting prior to getting the vaccine and you can't really necessarily connect the two? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, if, if you don't vaccinate, I wonder if you will get the same number, you know? So that's the point. But again, I agree with you. There may be some background diseases that they are exacerbating or increasing the the the, the death the death or the blood clotting related to that. You know, we need to understand when a cross uh, is not always forming the area that you claim. So sometimes you may have a clot somewhere else in the body. So your body is releasing specific proteins to dissolve this cloth. And when the cloth is going smaller and smaller, it can detach and start to circulate in blood until it's reaching the brain. And in the brain, the size of the vessel where the blood is flowing, they are much, much smaller compared to the rest of the body. And then, boom, it's stuck there and produced like a blood clotting effect that, you know, it's like you have an internal stroke, basically. And again, uh, you know, there are so many factors that it's very hard to say, oh, is that the vaccine? Again, it may be forming somewhere in the body and for some reason is detached and is coming there as well. So the numbers are still small just to to get a, mm-hmm. you know worried about that. Yeah, and I think that's uh, totally fair, right? The numbers just don't correlate enough to have a, a mass concern about this. But how come you think we haven't seen similar um, accusations or whatever the term would be when when use of uh, things like Pfizer or Moderna, right? We just haven't seen the same linkages to things like blood clots. You would imagine if if it might be related to something that an individual was already suffering from, that we would still see that connected to other vaccines that are being used as well. So, uh, you know, is there anything that we can draw from the, why we're seeing it connected to the AstraZeneca vaccine and not connected to any others? Well, it can be the, the, the age as well, because um, Pfizer and Moderna are not recommended over 65 years old. But in the case of AstraZeneca, it does. So maybe at that age, you know, it's very hard to isolate uh, some uh, uh, specific factors, because as we age, you know, we start to drag more and more diseases. And it may be also some a, a, a medicine that that specific person is taking for some background disease. And then it may be that have some effect on the vaccine as well. So we don't know yet. So all these questions are very new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are multiple factors, you know. And sometimes the uh, uh, Pfizer, uh, probably the population is not uh, at the age that you did with AstraZeneca. But um, it's very hard to correlate that, okay. basically. Okay, uh, fair enough. I guess if just from your personal standpoint, you're an infectious diseases expert. If you were offered the AstraZeneca vaccine tomorrow, uh, would you have any reservations about taking it? No, no, I will take. And the reason is because at least you are protected. Now we see a huge increase of the variant. That is another issue that we are facing now. And we know basically that the new variants may escape the immune system even if you are vaccinated. But according to the results so far, even if you are vaccinated, more than likely you are not going to the severe condition of the disease Mm -hmm. and potentially death. So that's very important to get the vaccine as soon as you can. 
because you are protected. Later on, you will get a, a booster, I guess, or the second dose because Canada secured a big number of doses per habitant. So I'm sure that in the near future, you know, we will have more and more to choose or, you know, to get the second dose. And, you know, based on the variants, I, I won't be surprised in the near future we will have kind of octal of vaccines as we have with the flu. You know, we always target three or four different strains of the flu vaccine and probably will be the same. That will be, you know, three or four uh, variants that will be in one shot. In addition, having the vaccine, you reduce the potential to generate new variants because everyone that is sick with the virus, infected with the virus, has the potential to generate a new variant. Mm -hmm. That is by, you know, in nature. So less people that the virus can reach is better because, you know, it's just decreasing the transmissibility and at some point it will be under control. Uh, here with uh, UBC adjunct infectious diseases professor Dr. Horatio Bach. Now, I guess you, you talk a lot about there about the variants of concern in BC. We have now seen about 1,400 cases of variants of concern. Of course, the vast majority of these are the B117 or the UK variant, which accounts for 1,240 of the total variant cases we have seen so far. Um, I guess, is it safe to say at this point that that's sort of the new thing to worry about it's not just what we saw a year ago with COVID-19 but it's really this UK variant that now is the one that um is is kind of the the main thing we're dealing with at this point or or maybe it's not the main one yet but you know within the next number of weeks and months as new cases arise it'll probably be what we're seeing the vast majority of new cases being connected to the United Kingdom Exactly, yes. So um, I assume that over time, you know, we have to understand that the virus are in competition as well. Believe or not, you know, we are in competition, plants are in competition, virus are in competition as well. So the strongest will survive. And this UK variant, just to give an, an example to the audience, that they came uh, last week and in a report how that was produced and apparently came from a person that was infected with the virus for a long time. He was in the in the hospital many, many days and, you know, until it was, you know, released. And they claim that that was enough time to the virus to generate a new variant. So that's the reason it's very important to get the vaccine. Now, we have the other two variants that it looks like they are more complicated that are the, the South African variant and the Brazilian variant. Mm -hmm. uh, we know the vaccine are not so efficient, but I think it's a, at some point, they, they are already in Canada. It's just a matter of time until the strongest will survive, you know. We know that this the UK uh, variant. The transmission is very fast. Yeah. That's the reason you get more people. And what they discover is, is apparently this virus, when it's infecting, is producing more particles of the virus per cell compared to the original uh, strain, basically the first one. So uh, that's the reason at the moment you say cut, so you release much more viruses compared to the original strain. That's the reason it's very important to continue to protect yourself, use your mask, sanitize, and all the guidelines of the public health because that is the virus that probably over time will take over the, the original strain. And we will see more and more, you know, if this Brazilian or South African variants, they may take over as well. So we don't know. We will know over time which one is the predominant and because, you know, the one that has more benefit will, will survive. 
Uh, last question here for you, Dr. Bach. But, you, you know, when we're talking about the UK variant, you mentioned how it is easier to transmit, um, but it might be coming at a pretty optimal time. Obviously, we don't want to see things mutating the way they are and, and having to deal with it. But nonetheless, we're seeing it now with the COVID-19 UK variant really uh, taking off. The fact that it's coming at the time when our vaccine rollout is ramping up, uh, I guess, is this kind of best case scenario for what we might have seen in terms of a, a mutation of the virus coming at this point in time and really starting to hit Canada as we're, you know, getting these max vaccination clinics open? Yeah, exactly. So we, 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 we had some hiccups basically in the, it's not depending on, on Canada because we are depending on, on foreign suppliers, but uh, yeah, we have a huge delay. And again, now it's running relatively fast, you know, or at least at the pace we we expect and yes we have to cover as fast as possible because they claim that the uh, vaccines are covering or are okay with the uk variant but it's not the same with south african and the brazilian so even if you control one maybe the other two will escape as well but again having the vaccine is always reducing the possibility to go for severe cases no matter what the variant is. So that is very important to do. And again, more vaccinated, less possibility for the virus to make variation. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting because they found already cases in, in Brazil where you have this uh, Brazilian variant that people were co-infected with two variants. And even they found that there is, you know, in the upper airways, you have one variant and deep in the lungs, you have the second variant. It's like um, territorial, you know. Mm. Uh, of course, we don't want to see that. But it's, all the scenarios are open at this point, so uh, it's complicated right now. Dr. Bach, we could definitely talk for a lot longer, but uh, that's about all I have for time right now. Thank you so much for this. Appreciate you coming back on the show, and we'll definitely catch up again soon, I'm sure. No problem. You are a great uh, evening. Ah, oh, you as well. Dr. Horatio Bach, UBC adjunct infectious diseases professor.